day. Au revoir. Au revoir. Tea and toast? Oh, no, not tea and toast. No, 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 not anymore. Good boy. Amazing. Two days in. He looks quite healthy now, actually. Nice to be company. Welcome to the bank holiday weekend. It starts here. And the reason it starts here is because we're all doing... Th- Mind you, it has started, isn't it? Because the weather started already. It rained overnight. This is what you can expect over this weekend. Which is a great shame because I was, I was so looking... Actually, it makes no difference to me. You know me. I mean, I, I, I look out the window and I was talking to this uh, Turkish girl the other day. And she said, isn't it great the sun's out? And I went, no. I said, I really don't do sun. She said, you're joking. I said, no, I hate it. I said, I would, I'm happier if it's snowing and raining. Mind you, I moan as much during the snow and the rain. But I don't do heat. I really don't do heat. I hate it. It just makes it uncomfortable. I can't keep cool because of my thyroid. You know, the usual sort of things we all complain about. And so she said, oh, I love the heat. I said, well, you might. I said, but I, I don't do it at all. I just, I just feel very uncomfortable with the whole thing. But anyway, so if it rains tomorrow, we've got a big rugby match in, in Twickers. I've got lunch out today. Nick's on his battle bus down in Richmond. Where in Richmond? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to think. I was going through my mind where you could put him on a double-decker bus in Richmond. And the only place you could put him is either in the swimming pool car park, which is over the other side of the 316, or this side of the 316, going out up to the M3, the big car park there. But if they're filming, and I can't, I should have looked this morning when I came down, because if they film on Richmond Green in some of the big houses, the car park is taken up with all the film lorries. And there's a fun fair down there as well. So where they're going to put him, I don't know. Because it's a double-decker. You don't exactly sort of squeeze it into a, into a little tiny space. It takes up about four spaces, doesn't it? I would think. So I shall find out a little bit later on. Noreen's got the right idea. She's got off to uh, Spalding tomorrow morning, to the Flower Festival. Spalding, if I, if I remember, is in Lincolnshire, and it's very flat. And they have all these... They have a flower festival, and it's got tulips. I just remember seeing acres and acres of bulb fields in Spalding. She says, uh, we're going to go at the crack of dawn on Saturday. The forecast is dire. It's not good, is it? It's not great. No, it doesn't... Listen, I don't think that ever matters when you're looking at flowers. I really don't. I think it, it's, you know, it's, it's part of the part of the thing about being British. We go out and we moan about everything. I mean, I moan about the how lows. Because every time they give... I say, I'm not giving that away. I'm, re- I'm not for pennies. I'm just not. I'm sorry, they go, you've got to do it, it's in the contract. I said, well, listen, I've, I think we give too much away, frankly. And today, they've, they've come up with a lot, they do it to wind me up. Today is, uh, it's a how low, a special one, just on this programme. And the good news is, it says here, you can win a fantastic Samsung 32-inch LCD television. I mean, how thrilled am I to give away this fantastic piece of kit Details coming up in a moment. You'll like it. A lot of people went to Debbie Reynolds last night. Roger Foss went and said, it's a must-see show. She is simply fabulous and very funny. Uh, And I think Gina and Warren went as well. And they absolutely loved it. And uh, they said, great show. Her Barbara Streisand, amazing. False nose, wig the lot. Joan Collins, Michael Barrymore in the audience. And Debbie Reynolds is 78. Just amazing. I'm telling you, it's a good show. She's only doing 12 performances. I was not there last night, Warren, but I will be there at some point this week. At some point this week. I've got to go some point this week because I'm, I'm booked in, as they say. I mean, how could you interview the lady and then not go see the show? For goodness sake, it's Debbie Reynolds, for God's sake. So you have to go. Darren says, uh, thank you to all on LBC for saving my sanity. My diabetes of 43 years has caused my retina to bleed, and I'm hopefully... Uh, uh, temporarily blind in just one eye. I find it very irritating watching television. But you do have me in stitches, so that gets me through. Plus, I'm going on an insulin pump next week, so I hope things will be OK soon. Absolutely. The moment you go on that, it'll be fine. I, I was never offered an insulin pump. This is something you have fitted to the side of you, and it's like a little... 
Uh, it's like a little catheter, isn't it? it goes, and it just injects the right amount of insulin all the time. Although, actually, talking of injecting, there's a strange story in the paper today, which appeared in the Daily Star, about uh, Alex Reed. you know, Alex... Oh, so butch. Uh, cross-dressing cage fighter, who apparently is very worried because he injects his fake tan. He injects his fake tan. You buy this stuff on the internet, and it comes with a syringe, and, um, and I remember thinking... Now, I've heard of this before, because I'll tell you who, who, who came up with it. Vinnie Jones came up with it, because when they were on Celebrity Big Brother, celebrity, of course, being used very loosely, um, they were talking about him injecting this stuff into his stomach. I thought, you must be a complete bloody idiot. If that's true, and you inject... I mean, the only people who, who should inject are people who advise to do so by the doctor or by somebody med- medically qualified. Exactly. He actually... In- well, well, I mean, if it's true and he injects... He did say it on Big Brother, because I remember we had an issue then, and I thought, you're as stupid as you look. Well, he just go on a sunbed, uh, or failing that, well, he just paint fake tan on. But to inject it into your bloodstream is possibly the thickest thing I've ever seen. Jack Tweed was in a club the other night, big fight there. Big fight, because Jack was uh, out celebrating with his friends after he was found not guilty, which, of course, everybody predicted. It just went on for such a long time, the trial. And, uh, and he, he said, he said to one of the papers, I'm quite clearly the most hated man in the country. Yeah, I think that was a pretty fair fight. I don't think anybody likes you. Not because of anything that you've uh, sort of done or didn't do or did do or whatever it was. I think people just don't like you full stop because you're a waste of space. And he's saying yesterday, after this fight which erupted in a club which he was at, nothing to do with him, but apparently some people were goading his friends. Now, you remember we saw the picture of some of his friends the other day in the paper, Mr Bean and the other oddities, and um, and one of them went out covered in blood, so they then sort of closed the club for a minute and mocked. I mean, it's really great, isn't it? What club would want Jack Tweed in? You know, irrespective of anything, the fact he's been in prison twice for assault, one including assault against a 16-year-old boy, because he's a real tough boy, isn't he? And, and the other one was an old man, a taxi driver, who tried to throttle in the car. A re- I mean, a real piece of uh, down and out. And he said, I can't wait to go on holiday to Marbella. And I remember thinking, as I was reading it this morning, you waste of space, your entire life's a holiday, love. You don't actually do anything. You've never done a day's work in your life. As I say, what an embarrassment to the memory of poor Jade. What an embarrassment. And I was never the biggest fan of Jade Goody. Uh, even Dawn says, very busy show Thursday. James Whale, Nathan Morley, Steve Hargrave, Roger Foss and Jonathan Levi, all in the space of two hours. It was a busy show, wasn't it? It was a very... Even I began thinking how busy was this show and trying to get everybody in and keep it... Oh, and we get out and get in. And, and now today we've got nobody because uh, John is out and about. We'll have a chat to him a little bit later on. Uh, I will not listen to you live on Friday, says Dawn. She's not going to. And the reason is she's going to see Adam Ant tonight. Here, stand and deliver. Money or your luck. Uh, it's going to be a very late night, she said. It could be a good gig. I think it'll be absolutely an amazing gig. He turned up the other day to Malcolm McLaren's funeral, didn't he? Because Adam Ant had his, uh, had his problems, where he brandished a gun and then went into court and everything else. And strangely enough, yesterday on This Morning, they put on Frank Bruno, who said he was glad he was sectioned. Yes, I think the wife, Laura, was equally glad you were sectioned, I'm afraid, Frank. And he says it, it sort of turned my life around. He said, the trouble is, you know, if you're a boxer, people expect you to be macho. Why? Must be gay boxers out there. I've seen them in the ring. You know, they do. They go punch, punch, and then they put their arms around each other. And you can see they're trying to do snogs. You can see they do, they have a little cuddle. Oh, you're nice, aren't you? And and I think to myself, oh, that's that's why boxing is so so popular out there because it's a way of sort of gay guys actually coming to terms with their sexuality and being with other men in the ring. And then somebody goes one, 
two, three. That's me because I'm down on. The, I'm waiting. I thought, I, thought you were, I thought you were doing snogs, you know. And they don't do that. You just sort of lie there. Anyway, with my how low today? Thirty-two inches of pure heaven. It's the Samsung television. It's uh, an LCD. It can be yours, and you're going to get it for practically zilch. Practically zilch. These things go ever so ridiculously low. I'm even embarrassed to have it on the programme, but here it is. It's slim, sleek and black. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Already. Great in your living room. You can even stick this one in the bedroom. Put it in the kitchen. Hang it on the wall. Put it above the bed. Actually, not maybe above the bed. But uh, the person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down 7 o'clock this morning. To play, you text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So to bid one pound seven p, you text LBC one o seven, and send that to treble eight two one. Competition ends at seven a.m. this morning. You must be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Pack full of feet. It's HD ready. Got a built-in digital tuner. It's really cool. So have a go at that. Finishes at 10. Sorry, it's at 10. At 7 this morning. It'd be funny if it finished at 10, wouldn't it? But it finishes at 7. So go for it now. Be a nice uh, quickie. I went to Hounslow yesterday. God, what a dump Hounslow is. What a God of heaven dump. It really is filthy, dirty. I didn't see one policeman. I went there because a friend of mine has said, oh, it's got a, a Marks and Spencer's outlet store. Uh, it used to be a proper Marks and Spencers, but they're obviously trying to compete with Primark next door. Have you noticed that people who go to Primark or they go to Marks and Spencers, they go to anywhere where they've got cheap things, uh, if something falls off a hanger, they just leave it on the floor. Nobody ever picks anything up. And the, the shop assistant would spend all their time... People just, it's like, I, I got on the train yesterday morning, and all over the place are people's coffee cups. Why can't they just take it and put it in a bin? What is it with the bone idleness of the British public who get on a train in the morning and just leave it for somebody else to clear up? Bloody ridiculous. So anyway, so I go to Hounslow. Oh, the People's Republic, they call it. It's Gartier. That's people who live there. And do you know what I saw most of? Really odd, because we don't have it in Twickenham. We had it once, and uh, people laugh too much. Women with the full, the full letterbox look. And trailing behind their husbands. And you wanted to say to them, really, we've moved on a bit since this. Belgium have just banned it completely. £120 fine if you're caught wearing it. £400 fine if you get caught the second time. France are just about to put it through. They reckon 28,000 Muslims in France, only 400 wear this. You do not need to wear it. It says nowhere in the Koran. All it says is women should be dressed modestly. But I warn you now, if you go to Tehran, they are flogging women who have tans. They started the other week. They are arresting women on the street if they're seen to have a tan, because that means you have exposed flesh. And if you're a woman in Tehran, as you know, you are a second-class citizen, and you do not tan. They will have you publicly flogged. What a backward bloody country. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. Polls off the back of the final leaders' debate suggest David Cameron did the best, followed by Nick Clegg and then the Prime Minister. The massive oil slick off the US Gulf Coast has started washing ashore, threatening hundreds of species and dozens of holiday resorts. And four police officers have been taken to hospital after two patrol cars collided in Poplar in the early hours of this morning. With the roads for you this morning, here he is, finger on the pulse, it's Matt Jones. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. We have some problems if you're heading for Heathrow. Blimey. So according to uh, somebody who's just texted, Nick's going to be outside Tesco and Monsoon. Well, that's right in the middle of the high street. There was a little pull-in bit there. A little tiny pull-in bit. So it's in the high street, so you've got Carphone Warehouse. It's just, you won't miss it, because the high street's only one way. 
and it comes down, so that's the, the place that they've put the, uh, the double-decker there. Blimey, right outside Tesco, which is practically adjacent to Starbucks. That's all right, I know exactly where it is, just by the little marketplace. Oh, that's good, I shall, uh, I shall go and wave later on. I might pop down, actually. I might drive down in my car and just go, beep, 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 beep. Hello, hello. They'll be there till ten. Well, I not, might not be home till ten o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to be home way before ten, aren't I? Way before ten. Paul in Manchester says, just to let you and Susan Spence know, Betty Driver is in hospital from Coronation. Yeah, she went in the other day. I know. I, somebody sent me that the other day. And uh, she, uh, of course, has been in Coronation. I think she's the oldest living cast member. She's going to be 90 in a few weeks' time. By the way, famed for her hot pots, which they're going to sell commercially. She doesn't eat meat in real life. She's another vegetarian. But have you noticed, though, vegetarians live a little bit longer than most other people. Not around here, they don't. But anyway, you know, up in Manchester, which is fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Daily Express, actually, strange enough, the Daily Express mentioned the uh, this morning um, about uh, Elizabeth Taylor. And when they mentioned Elizabeth Taylor, they talked about her husband, Richard Burton. And they're going to open up, and and this is a bit to one of our special listeners listening at the moment. They're going to open up in uh, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, the 160-seat Richard Burton Theatre, opening next spring. And it's part of a a project, a £22.5 million project at the college. And it's going to, there's going to be a bust in the foyer, not Elizabeth Taylor's bust, which would have been quite nice to look at, I'm quite sure. Uh, But it's going to be a bust of Richard Burton. And they've also got a 450-seat concert hall, four acting and movement studios and an exhibition gallery. Burton, and this is the important bit, who died in 1984, it says in the Express, was on the road to stardom before the college, which counts Charles as its patron, was founded. Among its former students are Sir Anthony Hopkins and Victor Spinetti. Victor Spinetti, who starred in the Beatles movie A Hard Day's Night. And has been a guest and is listening at this precise moment in time. He better be, otherwise he's in big trouble, because he's, uh, he's doing a, a one-woman show of Britekland at the moment. Victor Spinach, I love doing the Welsh accent. Is it funny, if you, if you don't have an accent, you, can't, you kind of wish you had one. I mean, you'd think being born on the 17th of March that, you know, I would have an Irish accent, but I haven't, and I wish I did have. I'm very jealous of people who've actually got accents, because I love accents. I don't know why I do the Welsh one all the time. Probably because I've got a few Welsh friends. But, I mean, I just love the idea that you've got... Yeah, hi, you. You see, I, sh- I could have been Irish. Never even been to Ireland. I keep saying, I must go to Ireland, must go to Ireland. Never get around to doing it. People say, you, you must go for the, for the crack to, uh, to Dublin. You have a wed- I thought, blimey, I can barely stand up sober here, let alone go to Dublin for it. And also, it's now full of hen parties and stag nights and stuff like that. I find that a little bit... You've been to Dublin, have you? Is it a little bit hectic? It's probably a little bit much for me. At my age, I prefer the more sedate way of life. I fantasised last night, as I did most nights, but this particular fantasy was winning £51 million on the lottery tonight and deciding... I've, I've, I've told you before, if I won the lottery, I wouldn't have any problem spending the money because mentally, and I've already done it, I've already sorted out the house, I know which cars I'm buying, and there will be in the plural, uh, I know who I'm going to employ as my driver and the person who looks after the houses, that's all sorted, that's all, that's all discussed, and it's going to be Giles, he's actually going to be driving Bentleys and Rolls's for the rest of his life, and, uh, and then I thought, I've, I've seen the house, but it needs a swimming pool and a, and a cinema putting in the basement, which is, you know, going in. So if we win 51 million, first thing I'm having done. And um, and then you work, and then we do a big show at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, and we do a retrospect over the years. And then for Christmas, uh, I'm going to Salzburg, 
decided to go to Salzburg because I can't think of anywhere that is more picture postcard and chocolate boxy and covered in snow that's that pretty anywhere in the world. Because if you go to Austria, and generally speaking, you're not going for the food. I mean, they do have the most chronic food in the entire world in Austria. It's it's horrible food. You know, even, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, I, I worked there for about nine years and I just never got used to the food. In fact, I used to eat all the time. The one thing they do have, which is better than ours, is bread. Their bread is far tastier than ours. Ours is a bit bland, but they do rolls called semmels. And they really are tasty. And their butter tastes like proper butter. And if you have schinken, which is like just ham, that I used to love. So I could exist on ham rolls. Really love it. Not very healthy at all. But the rest of the food, chronic. You know... They're obsessed. Eggs, eggs go in everything. Wiener schnitzel is really only for the tourists. Nobody else eats it. Um, and then these ghastly sausages, which I do like. I do like Wurst and, and I like, you know, all of these things. But then somebody told me they're the most revolting innards. You know, they shove everything in. It's a bit like some of our food, isn't it? Fish fingers, for example went through a phase of mashing everything up. So all the bones and all the bits and pieces went into the fish finger. And it's covered, so you don't really know about it. But yesterday, I had chicken Kiev. Well, I'd forgotten how much I love chicken Kiev. It was delicious. It was delicious. And I just had it with... Uh, what did I have it with? Sweet corn and beans. Not not baked beans, but sliced sliced beans. Which is quite healthy for me, actually. I was a little bit worried that it was a bit too healthy. But chicken Kiev, my God. I don't do it very often, and I don't. I just oven bake it. Really, really nice. Um, Paul, Nick, and Graham are en route to Gatwick for a day trip and have lunch in Geneva. Geneva, the most boring place in the entire world, famous for that blooming fountain that shoots up, isn't it? Geneva. That is Geneva, isn't it? I'm pretty certain it is. Uh, Steve, what? No guess. Fantastic. All the more Steve Allen for us. We like it best when it's just you and us. Uh, I'm not thinking about that this morning. Because we will talk to John Warrington a little bit later on. Um, Did you notice at Little Venice, Saturday and Sunday and Monday, a narrowboat festival, says Stephen Potter's Bar. Uh, Actually, it's very nice down Little Venice. Got some very nice houses. Very, very nice houses. And the narrowboat festival. I interviewed Paul Merton on a narrowboat. We did a programme once, and I think it was a Steve Allen... Night is Young, something like that. And it was a, a narrowboat that was a restaurant. So they cooked and they served us food while we were chatting away. And Paul Merton came down and then confessed he'd been, a, he'd been an LBC and Steve Allen listener for some time. A bit excited about that, actually. Because you know that, uh, strangely enough, Paul Merton wrote all of the... Um, um, oh, Fanny the Wonder Dog and Julian Clary. He used to write all the Julian Clary scripts. They go back a long, long way. Oh, I see that... Uh, Britain's got no talent judge. Piers Morgan has been fined for speeding. He was coming back from Rodine, where he'd been judging something. It was all very hectic. And uh, it was in a 30-mile-an-hour speed limit. He got caught at 51 miles an hour. He didn't bother going. He just pleaded guilty. So in his absence, they fined him £666. Exactly. Absolute nothing to him at all. But the good news is they put six penalty points on his licence. Hooray! Another six, you're off the road. But uh, he was uh, uh, booked in his real name which I think is uh, Piers Pugh Morgan. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. <laughs> it's, you never know these things, do you? Do you remember that woman the other day? That's uh, Gillian Duffy. They reckon she could earn a quarter of a million by telling her story. I don't want to appear rude. We know your story, love. I've seen it played out on the television. He, he, he said... Who was that bigoted woman? And, and she went... Oh, he said that. She, only, she asked a couple of questions. What story? What story? 
You know, there is no story, and they say she could earn a quarter of a million pounds. I thought, I'm obviously in the wrong business here. It's ridiculous. I'm not taking a pay cut for anybody just for going there and insulting, you know, one of the ministers. There's a picture of the paper today. You're, you're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. And it's of a, of a family. That's Mrs Chalice, Jack and Molly, and, and her husband. And then you look closely and you think, well, it is her husband, but it's a cardboard cutout. And what they've done is, Paul Chalice died from cancer at the age of 38. So they had a picture taken of him at one of his birthdays, holding a bottle of champagne, looking good. He had two, two tumours, and so he goes with them everywhere. He's, they, they have this cardboard cutout. Uh, they went to a, a wedding the other day. He went along with them as well. And at home, they move him around the house. So he's always there. And she said, it's our way of dealing with grief. She said there were no grand farewells. It happened really quickly. Uh, he was diagnosed in July, five months after being diagnosed with two brain tumours. So, so, so he died in July after five months. It was that quick. It was very, very quick for him. And she said, we didn't have a chance to, to do anything, really, because with two brain tumours, it happened very fast. And because he was only 38, we had this picture. So we've had it made into a cardboard cutout. She said, and the kids feel much closer to him. Because he's there. I mean, it's, you're either going to go, oh, that's a bit, bit sad and tacky. But I think it's actually a great way of dealing with it. What a wonderful thing to have. What a wonderful thing to have. Admittedly, he's about three foot taller than they are. So it's, it's not quite life-size. It's a bit bigger than life-size. Yes, he might have been really tall in life. I don't know. But it's, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing. There's a new spray that they brought out. I bet some of you can want this. I don't imagine it now. Anthony Davis will want this. James Max will be buying it by the tanker load. It's called the Cuddle Spray. And what you do is you spray, and it can, it can make men more affectionate. So, in other words, if, if, if all of a sudden James Max walked in here now, I'd be going, tss, 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 and he'd all of a sudden he'd become very affectionate. You know, and it would be, it'd be quite interesting to watch, because he's not normally the most affectionate person. Christo, of course, you'd have to, have to come up with something else to keep him from being affectionate, so like a brick wall or something like that, or a Sherman tank. But uh, I, I quite fancy the idea of a cuddle spray. I bought some pheromones once. We, we, yes, well, no, not because I didn't buy it. It was sent to me because we were doing a programme on pheromones. And they, they did an experiment on the television. They actually sprayed somebody with... They actually sprayed a chair with pheromones. And they put it in a doctor's waiting room. And then they filmed 24 hours to see whether people gravitated to this particular chair. And it turned out they did. So they sent me some in. And I put a little bit on. And I have to be honest, people did kind of gravitate towards me on the train. You know, there'd be loads of seats available. And sit, they'd come and sit opposite me because I was wearing the pheromones. And it was a bit exciting, actually. In fact, so excited, I might even have to go and buy some more. LBC 97. Morning, everyone. Do you remember that poor lady who sold a goldfish to a 14-year-old and got tagged as a result? They've overturned the sentence. Bunch of stupid people up there. Uh, Joan Higgins, you remember, had been caught in this undercover sting by trading standards officers. you think they've got better things to do than some woman who owns a pet shop selling a goldfish to a 14-year-old, wouldn't you? But anyway, she did win the legal battle, and uh, the electronic tag was removed. A judge described the punishment as inappropriate for a respectable lady with no previous convictions. Absolutely. What a stupid, pig-headed judge the first one was. And the council, what stupid people they must be. Mind you, not half as stupid as the council we're going to tell you about a bit later. They've actually reprimanded a vicar. For what? For flying a flag on his church with a cross on it. Why? Because it's advertising and he didn't have permission 
to put an advertising hoarding on top of the church. I mean, you just kind of give up, don't you? Mind you, I'm not sure I'm going to go to Chelsea Flower Show this year. You know why? They're allowing fake grass for the first time. Well, I don't think so. Up until now, any sort of artificial turf or plants have been frowned upon, and it's going to feature in the Urban Plantaholics Kitchen Garden when the show opens next month. It's been used in a cave feature, which is too dark to support real plants. Uh, Royal Horticultural Society spokesman Bob Sweet said it's just about permissible. No, it's not. No, it's not. But this way, the whole idea of the Chelsea Flower Show is what you can do at home. I mean, if, if we wanted fake grass, we'd all of it shoved down. But uh, just because it's in a cave, these things have only got to last a few days. It doesn't make any difference. I'm sure if grass can't last a few days, then get rid of it. Somebody must have developed a grass that hardly thrives on sunlight. Mind you, now we've had a bit of... Everybody's garden is going to look lovely today, because that little bit of rain that we've had is going to make it just look fantastic, which I love. Front page of the uh, Daily Star. Might as well start with a quality paper. Most of these stories, I'm now going to repeat to you, are, in fact, the biggest pile of waffle that, unfortunately, you've, uh, you've probably ever heard at all. Jordan at the centre of a new cancer scare. Uh, this is over what I told you before about cross-dressing Mamby Pamby boy uh, injecting himself with a fake tan drug. I've never been so stupid in my entire life. I mean, you'd have to be as thick as a brush, wouldn't you? I'm just going to stick a needle in it. Where's it come from? Bought it off the internet. Can't be true. I mean, you cannot be that stupid, surely not. <laughs> so I don't know that. Uh, Tele tourists are now flocking to Del Boy's home turf. One in 20 have visited Peckham to pay homage to Only Fools and Horses starring David Jason, who's 70. It's apparently among the odd destinations where TV tourists are seeking places featured in their favourite show. Apparently people turn up and go, you tell us where the nag's head is and where is Nelson Mandela house? And they're going, it's a TV programme. You know, it's not like Emmerdale where they sort of take tourists out there and it turns out to be a proper village. A bit like Brookside. The difference with Emmerdale, they used to do uh, different, different tours out there. And you can go, but it's, it's just a set at the end of the day. You can go around Universal in America and all these other places and they're, they're sets... They didn't really actually build cowboy towns. They were just fronts. New, I mean, I walked down the New York street and it's just fronts are built. It looks really good. looks terribly, terribly impressive, but it's just a set, I'm afraid. Paul says, so right about Salzburg at Christmas. My late mum and my still very much with us dad spent several Christmases there and had a great time. By the way, how come you had the chicken Kiev without sprouts? Are you getting sick of them? Do you know, I looked at sprouts. I looked at sprouts and, and I didn't think they looked they look very good. They looked a bit... I don't think we're in sprout season. I don't know when sprout season is, but now we can get stuff around the world. And, and I looked at the sprouts, and I would have had sprouts. You know me. I mean, you can't stop me eating sprouts. I'm, I'm quite big for them. And I keep reminding myself they're actually good for me as well. But I didn't have them. I had the sweet... Because I opened up the freezer and thought, oh, sweet corn. Don't remember having that. And then I turned out I had some beans left over, so I did that as well. But I would have eaten sprouts... It has to be said. <laughs> oh, dear. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More on poor Jack Tweed, uh, who fears he's become a marked man. No, it's because you're a silly little girl's blouse and nobody likes you. And uh, they would like you to actually get out there and do something. Apparently, he did leave the, uh, the club in the early hours of the morning because he doesn't work. And he leaves and did those feet in ancient times. Just giving. Forward slash on the table at the side. You've been told twice about this. On the table at the side. Because she gets panicky. Because sometimes... Yeah. Yeah. I don't really. I'll just tell her. She doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Move it. I'm going to make her get up and come and check. She's going to come and check now. Look, look, look. Look, you watch, look. She'll come in there. She will. Never believes anything. You watch. <laughs> this, I love that. Oh, I tell you, look at this. Dun, da, da, dun, 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 da, da, dun, dun. It's like the ride of the Valkyries, ladies and gentlemen. In she comes. Godzilla 2. <laughs> Have you moved the coffee? 
don't leave the coffee on the table because you move your arms about and you might knock it over. And then there'll be a huge bang and we'll all get taken off air. So anyway, so Jack Tweed, as I say, waste of space, 22 years old, you know, one of life's silly little people. And um, he uh, left the venue at 3.30 with a mystery blonde girl who was wearing a strapless mini dress. Speaking at Mummy's house in Buckhurst Hill, he said the fight had nothing to do with me. Honestly, they must have got him fairly quickly. He didn't leave the club till 3.30 in the morning. But there you go. I'm sure your mummy's really proud of you, Jack. Unlike the rest of it. And I should imagine poor old Jay Goody. And uh, nothing to do with the boys' lives. Thank goodness. That's good news. But uh, the party girls with... Oh, actually, oh, I got this. I must read you this. I must read you this. You're going to love this. But he, he left with party girls, Bianca Gascoigne and Chantelle. It's good, isn't it? It's nice to know pregnant women are really looking after themselves and going out to clubs. And I got sent this thing the other day. And it was an invitation to go and watch a football match at Charlton Athletic on Bank Holiday Monday. And I was thinking, who does these charity football matches? Well, quite clearly, the biggest Z-list you've ever heard of. Z-list. Because uh, flick hardman Danny Dyer will be lacing up his boots, whilst Soccer 6 champion X-Factor presenter Jeff Brazier, well, he'll turn up for the opening of an envelope, desperate, unfortunately, can't hire speak, can But also... Uh, X Factor finalist and Dagenham Diva Stacey Solomon taking part for the girls. <laughs> and Bianca Gascoigne, star of the Take That Five Daughters and a BAFTA, blah, 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 blah. Bianca Gascoigne, poor soul. Rick Edwards, and also um, something called here The Coral. Uh, another one here, Lee Mack and Russell Howard. And loads of other people, but also The Wanted, one of the UK's most hotly tipped new bands with their first single set for big things. We've seen a picture of them, trying to pick out which one was gay was more interesting, I'm afraid. So, uh, no chance there, but Danny Dyer, Jeff Brazier, Stacey Solomon and Bianca Gascoigne. Place to avoid, I would have thought. Uh, always enjoy your banter with John Warrington. Does John have two jobs? He's got about five jobs, I think. Five. Uh, didn't there used to be a famous Austrian restaurant covered with cuckoo clocks? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I quite like cuckoo clocks. And Dee says, I had uh, chicken Kiev yesterday. I love it because I never managed to cook it without the garlic butter leaking out. In restaurants, it stays inside. Well, I did it yesterday and I baked it. If you fry it, I think, because I don't think you should really fry it, but I, I put it in my halogen oven. It was in there for ten minutes, nice and crispy on the outside, and, uh, and didn't leak. Cut into it and it was just yummy. Now, whether or not that's the Marks and Spencers one, I'm sure they all do. Came in a metal tin, two of them. Two pounds, I can't remember what it was, actually. should be cheaper than that, because chicken is dirt cheap. Uh, Steve, can you do a Geordie accent for your listeners here in the northeast? Way, eh? <laughs> Bake a groove? It's about as best as, it go- best as it gets, I'm afraid. Bank holiday Monday coming up. I must tell you that Anthony is on from uh, one in the morning till five. Christo... He's here bank holiday Monday. Whee! Can somebody, when they bump into him in the building, or just send him a thing saying, there's a box been sitting on top of the post thing for about the past week and a half. Will you please open it, because it's driving me mad. I need to know what's in it. So Christo's here between five and seven this bank holiday Monday, and I'm here between seven and ten uh, in for Nick Ferrari. Andrew Pierce is here at ten till one, when Kevin Maguire will keep your company till James Whale at four, Nick Conrad at seven, and Clive Bull at 10, and I'm not here next Friday morning because it's election on the Thursday. I've got the Friday off. 
which is great. I think Clive Bull's got the night off. I think Anthony Davis has got the night off. It's going to be... I think we're all going to take a, take a day out and perhaps, you know, go out and sort of perhaps do something, perhaps have a picnic in the park or something like that. So that'll be next week. So that's good, isn't it? Which is very nice. Don't forget my How Low, if you've just woken up. It's a fantastic 32-inch LCD television, courtesy of Samsung. And you can get this for pennies if you have a go at my How Low, which finishes at 7am this morning. So it's a nice, quick one. All you have to do is guess the price it's going to go for. The lowest one will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down at 7. So if you think it's going to go for 23 pence, you text LBC23 and you send that to treble eight. Two, one. I think it's going to be 24, put 24. If you think it's pound and 7 put 107. And send it to treble eight two one. This competition will finish at 7 this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So it's Samsung, packed full of features, HD-ready, built-in digital tuner, Pennet, 32 inches. If you think you're buying a television, you get this one for practically zilch. It'd be nice if it was somebody listening at this precise moment who gets it. Uh, Nick Ferrari, the election battle bus. You now know he's in Richmond, right in the middle. It's a one-way system. Don't forget, if you, if you are going down there, my advice would be to get the train because parking is a nightmare in Richmond. And it's 24-hour parking. They have wardens going around all the time. But uh, they're going to be doing all sorts of things. They're going to be talking to the president of the Richmond Borough Chamber of Commerce. Perhaps they can ask him, actually, why it is, even on bank holidays, you have to pay to park in Richmond. It is one of the worst boroughs. You'd think they'd encourage people to go shopping there, but no, nope, you have to pay. You have to pay. Uh, they were talking to Eleanor Tunnicliffe, Labour candidate for Richmond Park, Susan Kramer, the Lib Dem, uh, Zach Goldsmith, the Conservative, and on the leaders' debate, Good or Bad for Democracy, with John Mullen, editor of The Independent on Sunday, John Lloyd, columnist for the FT, Ed Davey, talking about the debate reaction to the Lib Dems, Theresa May for the Conservatives, and uh, they'll be talking about... Uh, the debate reaction even further with Alan Johnson. Plus, Keith Porteous Wood, Executive Director of the National Secular Society, on the story that's in all the papers today on the judge who has dismissed a marriage counsellor's bid to challenge his sacking for refusing to give sex therapy to homosexuals. I can't believe it's the first time that this person's ever been asked to give sex therapy to, uh, to a, gay, uh, a gay couple. But it's somebody else going, oh, no, don't want to do that. No, it's against my Christian beliefs. It's not very Christian, is it? Uh, more on uh, poor old Alex Reed, otherwise known as What Do You Do Love for a Living? Answer, you don't actually do anything, do you? Victoria Beckham's latest collection apparently has uh, won over the critics, saying, oh, no, she never actually did anything. And they go, well, actually, this one isn't too bad. Isn't too bad. And the teacher who battered the pupil with a dumbbell walked free from court yesterday. Apparently, th- this pupil was a nasty piece of work. Never any excuse, I think, for violence. And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he got off, but he'd just come back after being off with stress, and you can understand what teachers have to put up with. Why you'd ever want to be a teacher, I've got no idea. You have to put up with little people like that who come and disrupt your life and, uh, and ruin it completely. Uh, Lord Sugar has just bought the Old King's Head pub in Chigwell. Chigwell. Oh, no, Chigwell. Oh, and of course, that's where Dorian came from, and the birds of a feather, isn't it, down in, in Chigwell. Weather this weekend, ghastly, I'm afraid. Absolutely ghastly. Not going to be great. So uh, the advice is wrap up and take your little brolly as well. And Susan Boyle uh, says, I look in the mirror and I brush up quite well. It's called scrub up quite well, dear. Scrub up quite well. Like a signet to a swan. I don't quite think so, no. It's not quite like that. 
But uh, as I say, I always thought the whole thing... Let's face it, you could turn anybody attractive. They've got loads of pictures in the paper today of uh, Cheryl Cole. You know, another one of these very heavily airbrushed pictures. And she goes, oh, you know, I, I don't like people to pry into my private life. I thought, well, you know, and she says, oh, I, I've got a game plan. I'm working through my career. And I thought, well, listen, if it hadn't been for Simon Cowell, you'd still be standing there singing Sound of the Underground. And that would be about it. Because if it wasn't for Simon Cowell picking her up and turning her into the person she is, they never seem to be that grateful, these people. They always seem to think that it's because they've got talent. She's got no more talent than you or I. It's just that she got picked... No, you haven't. You haven't. You haven't got the height. There's no point in putting you on television. We'd have to sit you on a box or cushions on the, on the X Factor thing. We can't have that. We go, and here she is, look, equal rights for little people. You know, I mean, you know, as you know, your career was mapped out the day you were born. It's pantomime for you. Every year with six other people, there'll be doses... Anyway, quarter to uh, six. Here's the headlines. With less than a week till the country goes to the poll, the final leaders' debate last night saw clashes over immigration, tax and the economy. Most polls have put David Cameron as the clear winner, with Nick Clegg in second and Gordon Brown coming in last. Four police officers are in hospital after two patrol cars collided in Poplar early this morning. Two of them had to be cut out of the cars by the fire brigade. America's facing what could be its worst environmental disaster in decades as an oil spill from a collapsed rig starts washing ashore along the Gulf Coast. And the stretch of London's busiest road is closing tonight for up to ten days for emergency water main repairs. Northbound traffic on the North Circular between the Chiswick Roundabout and Pope's Lane will be diverted. Expect major delays on that one. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. Yes, uh, big problems this morning as you're heading for Heath. <laughs> oh, dear. Where would we be about to laugh, ladies and gentlemen? Right here at this time. Anyway, 12 minutes to six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. It's the bank holiday weekend. So in other words, you can all go out there. You can just you don't have to do anything this weekend. Uh, long bout of bronchitis The poor old Bryn. Do you know, I've heard... I got on the bus the other day, and I was on the chain... Uh, train. The chain. I was on the train, and there was somebody sitting next to me, and they started this coughing fit. And my friend Graham is sitting opposite, because he, he gets on a little bit... He gets on after me. And both of us are quite paranoid about people coughing and spluttering all over the train. And this bloke started coughing. I'm thinking, oh, dear, spreading illness and diseases. But the good news is that Bryn has his very own nurse, Annie. Still listens avidly to the chat... And really enjoys the show when it's all you. Thank you very much indeed. And she just reminded me, I used to have a, a young girlfriend in Russia. She used to go around telling all her friends that Bryn's got this little chick in Kiev. Whatever happened to humour, he says. Lovely listening to your great comments about people. Very refreshing to be away from the election. He said, it's so boring. It helps make me feel a bit better not being there. I know most people have gone, oh, let's get it over and done with Just vote. And then do what we have to do, and then everybody be happy. But it's going to dominate, I'm afraid, over the next few days. I'm not. I'm not sure if you're. Uh, are you still in France? Are you? Are you voting? Are you going to do a postal vote? And also, Bryn, are you going to be at the Lady Rattlings on the 16th? I think you are, which is at the Royal Garden Hotel, because I'm going to be up there on that. And I think it's a Sunday lunch. I think it's a Sunday lunchtime. I'm pretty certain it's. Uh, a Sunday lunchtime. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Now, do you remember the other day? when there was uh, the lovely Kirsty Allsop, who was talking about Jordan exploiting her children. And Jordan then rushed back and went, who's Kirsty Allsop, just trying to make a name for herself? And Polly Hudson, writing in the Mirror today, has said, no, she's absolutely right. What Jordan does is she's not given the children a chance to decide if they want to be famous. They're starting off with a handicap. And the handicap is that she's used them for every TV show she's ever done. They don't, they don't have the right 
as little children to decide. And and she says here, you know, it's it's a bit ridiculous. Just supposing one of them wants to go into politics. Can you imagine Junior going into politics? You know, or she says, even worse, Princess Tiami Crystal Esther Price Andre will just not fit on a name badge. So they are held back by their mother. Sandra, she says, because she thinks that Princess Tiami will end up being Sandra, can have the most fun winding her mum up. All she has to do is hate pink, also shun fake tan, insist on only wearing her own hair and have as many breast reductions as Jordan's had enlargements. Jordan would sadly get her revenge without even trying. Picture Sandra's small, simple wedding to an IT manager ruined when Jordan, real age 50, face age 24, turns up with husband number nine. You see, that, that will be it, actually. That will be the, the state of it, because you just don't see any of these things lasting. And so everywhere Jordan goes, she exposes these poor children to... And you just... No, nobody else would do it, would you? Nobody else would actually keep making... T- Luckily, the programme's finished at the moment, so we won't have to see it again. Are you a posh celebrity? Can you actually carry your own bag? After we revealed exclusively on the programme yesterday that getting out of the car following the, uh, the lovely the lovely posh spice, was a man who's a bodyguard carrying her Hermes handbag, mainly because it costs £27,500. But now it turns out there are loads of other people that can't carry their own bags. Thank you. Did you see somebody carrying their... Is it Who's in Knightsbridge? Somebody... Oh, not a famous person, but somebody carrying the bag. Oh, right. Doing the, doing the chauffeur bit behind the person. Isn't that unbelievable? You see, I, I'm the sort of person, I can go into Marks and Spencer's and I can carry my own bag. I can walk round there. But they've got Barbara Streisand, Kate Moss, Rachel McAdams. I don't know who she is, I'm afraid. Uh, Katie Perry. Uh, she's got an assistant to carry. Madonna. Uh, Naomi Campbell. Ugh, Jennifer Lopez and Nicole Scherzinger. I don't know who she is either, I'm afraid. <laughs> I've no idea who she is. But she can't carry bags. It's, all, it's almost a little bit... Too, it's almost like being a Blackpool girl. They don't carry bags either. The blokes carry quite a few bags up in Blackpool, but there you go. Uh, Steve, I'm pretty sure the real Nelson Mandela house is actually in Bristol. So Stevie says they probably won't better see it from Peckham. Steve, I hate to burst the bubble to all the fans of any fools and horses flocking to Peckham. There's another one from Miles who says most of it was filmed in Bristol. Oh, dear. That ruins it completely, doesn't it? I mean, you wouldn't want to go to Peckham, would you? As I say, I went Hounslow. Oh, dear, it was a... It was just, there were people actually cooking on the streets there. I don't know whether they kept the council just allow people to openly cook on the streets. I was absolutely horrified. The whole thing had just gone to pot. It really is dreadful. Uh, Fab Show, says Marcus, deep fried chicken kids to stop the butter coming out. Well, see, I just did them in the oven and the, the, the butter never came out, but Dee's got a problem. So obviously Dee, deep frying, but then it shouldn't really deep, we shouldn't deep fry, should we? Not good. Uh, why can't bank holiday, says Graham, uh, be during the middle of the month when the weather is much better? We, we just accept the fact we have a couple of bad ones. People get excited and they oh, it's going to be great weather for the bank holiday. It's whatever you want to make it. It is whatever you want to make it. You know, if, if you want it to be a good day, it'll be a good day. If you want it to be a bad weekend, don't, don't plan anything. Don't do anything. Uh, Jenny Bond's a proper lady. You'll be left shaken and stirred if you tune into a, a game show called Scream If You Know The Answer. It's on uh, Watch. And it's got some great people on there. I think like Duncan... Uh, from Blue, and I think Katie Price is on there. So it's got some it's real top-list people. Why Jenny Bond did it, I've got no idea. And somebody said that at one point she uses the F word. And they said, and they, they've said here, I think D- Duncan said it was weird hearing such a refined woman coming out with strong expletives. Well, let me tell you that Jim Keltz, her, uh, her significant other, was known for the most filth language, filth-ridden language that you've ever heard in your entire life. I don't think Jim Keltz could actually string a sentence together without turning the air blue. 
because he was LBC's country and western uh, presenter. Oh, no, absolutely, I worked with him for five years. Filth out of his mouth. Filth out of his mouth. And he also was LBC's uh, editor on the news desk. And, and he kind of talks like this. And it's, you'd never believe it. If you heard Jim Kelts talking, and then listen to Jenny Bond, who's terribly like that, and Jim Kelts goes, Hi, Steve, how you doing? Talks like that all the time. He's from Canada. And he talks like that. And he'll talk like that in Canada. It could be American, I don't know. Or perhaps he was, wait a minute. Bristol. Anyway, comes from Bristol. And kind of talks like and go, hi, this is Jim Kelts with Country, LBC Country. And you should talk. So when he, when he started going out with Jenny Bond, we were all fascinated. <laughs> but by God, he could use some rude words. Oh, dear me. And the rest of it. Sun this morning on the front page. Uh, it's another picture of uh, Cheryl Cole sizzling. And Vernon Kay, not sizzling, but he signed up a contract to host a primetime game show in America. Um, he flew over to Los Angeles for a screen test. Executives were so pleased, they snapped him up ahead of several US presenters also in the frame. They're trying to turn the publicity around because 99.9% of British presenters doing a game show in America fall flat. Mainly because the Americans are turned off instantly, firstly for the accent... And secondly, because they go, wait a minute, we've got loads of presenters over here. Why would you want to bring somebody over from England whose shows have never rated? And the answer is they're trying to get publicity for him. So they say here, it's based on Russia's highest rating game show, What, Where, When. And it's just a Wheel of Fortune style thing. But, uh, but they say here, a million dollar contract. <laughs> Believe it when I see it, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it when I see it. Oh, and um, this is a strange one. I, I, I might know a bit more about this than I thought. But uh, Emma Forbes quit her radio show the other day after a bust-up with the bosses. Apparently, she missed last Saturday's slot because she was stranded by the fallout. She'd already booked this week as holiday, but decided to work instead to make up for the absence. So instead, the bosses went, no, 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 we're bringing Melanie Sykes and she can do it. And so Emma then, even though Emma said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll actually, it doesn't work for us. She offered to pay Melanie's wages herself to get her place back. And a pal said... Emma's contract had eight months to run. It's a shame she loved the show. This is not the first time that young Emma has had, uh, has had a tantrum over a radio show. I remember when she was doing a show not too far away from here, and she was doing it. It was a double header. And when the main presenter went away, because whichever way you look at it, there is always a presenter and then there's the sidekick. And once you've established that, it's fine. So in other words, there's always going to be a main presenter, then there's going to be the other presenter who might be on an equal footing, but one leads and the other one is just a very good sidekick. And Emma was co-presenting with this person. This person went away on holiday and she thought naturally she would move into the main seat. They thought differently. So they brought somebody else in. And again, there was a bit of a tantrum on that one. So it's obviously a bit of a history. And, and the problem is, as long as you accept when you're doing a radio or a television programme that one person leads and you just follow on, you know, it, in exactly the same way that when uh, Chris Evans takes over the one show on the Friday, he will be the main presenter. And he will slap down poor little Christine very quickly because there's always got to be one presenter that people hinge on. And then there's the other one who's there as the good, hi, you sidekick. And that's how it will be. It, it cannot be any other way. Because otherwise you're both fighting. You're both fighting for the screen and for the attention. And the person who loses are the audience. And once you've lost the audience... Psh, hey, good news. Remember Dappy we told you about the other day? Dappy, who's from uh, N-Dubs, who admitted taking stuff on GMTV. And his friend said, no, shut up. Just been kicked out of Alton Towers, I'm afraid. He booked into the hotel there with some friends and... Uh, 
people who were on the same corridor said they could smell something funny coming from the room. They went in there and, uh, unfortunately, he's now Puff Baddy. And they asked him to leave straight away. Quite right. Don't want silly people like that. It just is immensely stupid and immature. Myself and uh, my husband were uh, driving in. Morning, team. Welcome to Friday. Battle bus with Nick down in Richmond. Probably in position already, I should imagine. Next to Tesco's. You can't miss it. It's a very, very narrow little street if you're, uh, if you're going down there. Uh, they've done a feature, which I must mention briefly just before we talk to uh, John Warrington. Uh, ever since it was announced that Lacey uh, is leaving EastEnders, and they've said, oh, it's a shame, really, but she said she wants to pursue other things. She, th- like a lot of people, they think that if you've been on EastEnders, the road is paved, and you go there, and you get loads of awards from the soap people and stuff like that, and then you go to Hollywood and become successful. No, you don't. Uh, as uh, Michelle Ryan discovered, uh, she went to America, lots of, you know, fantastic, going to play the bionic woman. Unfortunately, the series was caned and, uh, and dropped. And so she came back here, and she's got some little bits of film work, uh, but she did do Merlin and one episode of Doctor Who. So they're saying in the sun today that the, the roads are not paved with gold. Paul Nichols, four-year battle with uh, drink and drugs. He said, I've taken the character as far as I could go. Uh, started as a schizophrenic, Joe Wicks, of course, uh, got sucked into the party lifestyle and all that comes with it. He's found other roles in recent years, including Hustle, but his latest series, medical drama Harley Street in 2008, was axed after one series. So there, there was a very good book. Hilary, Hilary Alexander, I think, Hilary somebody, wrote a book, uh, Is There Life After Soap? And it turned out that for many people there wasn't. Danielle Westbrook, you know, all she's done is Dancing on Ice and Most Haunted. She's more famous for sticking half of Columbia up her nose than anything else. So that's it. James Alexandru. Do you remember when James Alexandru left? And then there was talk he was going to go into Equus. He was going to be a big star. Currently missing from the screens. We have no idea. We assume, if we don't see people on screen, that they've disappeared. They say here, he, he, he actually... Uh, yes, he did do a bit of Shakespeare. Uh, they say he went on to appear twice in TV's Missing before going uh, missing. So, so that was it. Uh, Judy Shikoni. Do you remember Judy Shikoni? Well, Judy Shikoni uh, played Precious Hudson in 2002. Now, you might forget her. You might forget her. She, she sort of cropped up in a few things. She's done one episode of Brothers and Sisters. She appeared in Celebrity Love Island in 2005. For that read, finished. So she, Michael Greco, another one, didn't do anything. Aladdin at Poole's Lighthouse Theatre. Not exactly the best. Uh, Jack Ryder. We like Jack Ryder, you know. I felt so sorry after after Kim Marsh and that dreadful debacle and how she treated... I just, I just felt sorry for him. I, we like him a lot, actually. Uh, he did appear in uh, Murder Investigation Team, later appeared in Popcorn, but we haven't seen that film as yet. And Sean Williamson, who we loved. We loved Sean Williamson. And, of course, he got cast uh, in uh, the Warner Brothers movie, The Invention of Lying, and he cropped up in Extras. Ricky Gervais loved him. We loved him. We thought he was great. So, And Martine McCutcheon, of course. They said he just went on to do a yoghurt advert. That She's done loads of things. We love it. And also, if you knew how much she got paid for the yoghurt advert, I wouldn't actually see that as a failure, believe you me. I'd be out there doing it. I'd be doing John Warrington's job because he's great because he gets to travel around the country and go nice places. And at the moment, we actually find him out... Where are you, John, at the moment? Well, I should be in... I should be in San Diego. Right. But I thought, well, with the, the election coming up and everything else, I really should stay at home. And so I'm, I'm actually very close to where they um, had their debate last night. All right. And I thought to myself, well, I'm with my best friend Stephen, and we were in the bar after dinner, and he said to me, do you think any of them will come and stay here? Because it's such a, a beautiful place, and it's so close by, and you can be back in London in an hour and a half. It would be the perfect place for them to stay after the debate. And I'm 
in a place called Binley, near Coventry. It's the kind of place you don't send people that you don't want to talk to <laughs> or you're cross with. <laughs> so you, I wasn't forced to come to Coventry. Right. What, what, what been, is it? Are you in a hotel? I'm in a lovely hotel, yes. And this is the part two of the week. We started off and we went to uh, Derbyshire. Derby. Derby. I like Derby. Derby. I'm up no- I was up north. Oh, I, I like up north. I'm big, like- big into up north. <laughs> but they don't say, how are you? They say, they say, good morning. Would you like black pudding or white pudding? Oh, no. <laughs> we don't do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the... It, we, I was staying in a hotel, which I'm sure the listeners will love to look up. It's called the Callow Hall Hotel. Right. And it's in Ashbourne, in Derbyshire. Now, Ashbourne is one of those places where water comes from. You know, you used to get Ashbourne water and things. And Ashbourne oh, yes. is absolutely the most beautiful place. It's a real lovely town. But if you live in Ashbourne, and many do. I should think it has a population of at least five, maybe 6,000 people. <laughs> on a, on a, oh, right, that big. <laughs> if you've got a mobile phone and it doesn't work or you need to buy a new charger, don't live in Ashbourne. Because the last mobile phone shop closed 18 months ago. <laughs> and there are to be no more ever again. Oh. They have to go to Derby. But, of course, Ashbourne is... The, its location is on the bottom of the Peak District, which is one of the most beautiful parts of Great Britain. Mm. And uh, we drove and drove and drove and, and did. I spent the whole morning and, and part of the afternoon just walk, driving around looking at the most incredible countryside. And, you know, when you live in London and you get on the tube every day and you get on the buses mm. and everything else, you forget how beautiful this country is. Mm, I've always said that. I've often said, you know, you only have to look at any of the wonderful programmes that we have on, on the television, and even even the opening credits to Emmerdale, when you look at this piece of countryside and you think, it really exists, it's not made up. No, and you forget, and it, it, when you do see it, you say, goodness me, that is so beautiful. Look at those hills and you can get to a point, you can just see nothing mm. for miles and miles, but beautiful countryside, and sheep, of course. Sheep. Lots of sheep. We've got lots of sheep in Britain. Yes, it, well, it, it, it's sheep time at the moment. Yes, they're all lambs. They're all, they're all lambing. Yeah, they're all, and it's lovely. And that, and so therefore, that this this area is is sort of like God's own country. And it, it it's you really know that you're far from the sea because normally you know you're not really that far in England from the sea wherever you are. But here, you're right in the middle of Great Britain, and it it, it is quite stunning. So. The most famous thing of the area, apart from all the water that's created, is, of course, Chatsworth House, hmm. which is oh, the home yes. of the Duchess, Duke and Duchess of Devonshire. Yes. Listen, ho- hold it there for a minute, because I've got to go to my uh, news headlines. OK. So we- we'll come back and talk, because I, th- I think the, the original uh, Duchess of Devonshire moved out and she's now living in a slightly smaller place. Slightly. Just slightly, slightly smaller place, because I think the, uh, the son and heir and his, his wife uh, have now taken over the, the running of Chatsworth. So I remember seeing a documentary on it, but it's, it's lovely. So we'll talk about that in a moment, John. OK. Hang fire, because it's quarter past six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Oh, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll come back to, uh, to Sam in a, in a moment. Let's have the travel. Morning, Matt. Well, I'm here. Thanks very oh, much. <laughs> uh, we'll start in uh, Heath. 
I do love the uh, thing today. It says, Dickinson's Real Deal at 8 o'clock on television. Uh, David Dickinson helps members of the public in Slough sort the treasure from the trash. I've been to Slough. It's all trash, let me tell you. There are no treasures in Slough at all, I'm afraid. In fact, that's what the poet John Betjeman said, isn't it? Come bombs, rain on Slough. The only thing it's famous for is the Mars factory. Ugh. Horrible. And the office, I suppose. But even that didn't excite me too much. Now, John Warrington is currently about to enter Chatsworth. Bless his heart. This is where he's on the, uh, the agenda for today, which is one of those big stately homes that you look at and think, my God, in the days when this was built, people had a bit of money, didn't they? A bit of brass. I don't know how they built it. No. Because, well, bricks, I think. Well, yeah, <laughs> bricks and mortar and toil and trouble. Lovely. And, of course, it's all about the more turrets you have and the more important you became. Yes. And, and the, the Devonshire family, and I'll tell you what I like, is that if you're a duke or a duchess, when you sign your name, you just sign the name of the county that you represent. So Norfolk would just write Norfolk, yeah. that's his name. And if you're Devonshire, your name is Devonshire. I do the same. You just do Alan. Yes. You do Twickenham, don't yes, you? Yes, I just do Twickenham. <laughs> <laughs> and, I do, and I do Highgate. <laughs> it's, it's so lovely. And, of course, you were just saying before, we, uh, before the break that um, the, the last um, Duchess is now, she's had to move out of the house yes. to make way for her son and his wife. And um, the next du- Duke and Duchess uh, they're, they're all ready and set up, and they've their son and a, a wife, and they've recently got married, but they've only got a daughter at the moment, so Ooh. they still have to try for an heir. They need a son and heir. They need a son and heir, otherwise it will go to another member of the family. It's a shame, really, isn't it, because you would think, why can't we have equality now? Why can't it go to a girl? Well, it should do. Other countries, other <laughs> royal families in Europe, they've allowed it to pass to a girl. Yes. But at the moment, they, they, it doesn't in this country, and it, it's definitely got to be a male heir. Yeah. I think also, as well, that... Uh, you, a duke is higher than a duchess. So if it was a daughter and she became the Duchess of Devonshire, what would her husband be called? He'd have to be called just plain old Sir Steve Allen. <laughs> or something like that. Because he couldn't be more important than a duchess. No, that's true. And, of course, Chatsworth House is... Uh, uh, the, 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 current, the current duchess... His mother, who is now the Dowager Judges. Mm. And you're quite right. She has moved to one of the villages on the Chatsworth, the Chatsworth estate. It sounds like something from Shameless, doesn't it? No, in, in the days when these big country houses supported the village, because I think in Chatsworth's case, there would have been something like 500 to 1,000 people working on the estate. So they built estate workers' houses and cottages, and they lived there. And they were, I remember seeing a picture years and years ago of somebody who died, one of the dukes on one of the estates, and the estate workers lined the drive to the house, and they literally went from the house to the main road. There were that many workers, the cooks, the cleaners, mm. the gardeners, everybody. Oh, it would be like a city in itself. I have the same at home. home. I have the same at home. Of course you, you do. Know, you know. Well, watch it, because Nick Ferrara's in Richmond today. He'll be around for a cup of tea after You the wait till he sees the quality of the houses down in Richmond compared yeah. to where he lives. He'll be wanting to move west. Well, I hope he doesn't ever come up with the, uh, the stamp duty that they had to pay. Not the, the current, um, the, the dowager, um, who was the last of the Mitford girls, of course. Yes, yes. But the, the, when she married uh, the Duke of Devonshire, she ha- they had to pay £100 million in death duties from the previous um, duke. Frightening, isn't it? And, of course, the most famous, uh, the most famous Duke of Devonshire was uh, the one that was married to Georgiana, who um, he then took a mistress, and she was mostly compared to Princess Diana. 
and she was the one that um, had to have an affair with someone and had a baby and it was sent away and he was always having an affair with someone there is um, a, a wonderful film uh, that came out last year called The Duchess and of course they're really using that in the house because it, anything that relates to somebody who was part of that hereditary title it, it just brings more and more people to the house at Chatsworth yeah. it, it costs £12 each to get in well, uh, to be honest bad. with you, if you actually look at it and and you look at, they've just spent a lot of money doing it up, and they've had they've had the staircase done and the ceilings were done again, and the ceiling in one of the just, I mean, it, it is actually stunning. It's it's incredible, yeah. and you can. I think we, people go there. I mean, people go there from all over the country, and it, it was mm. quite quiet. There weren't too many coach parties. I'm sure in the summer months when all the tourists get here, yeah. they're going to go to it. But people, locally, people come, and I think they just go and sort of look around the gardens. They don't even yeah. go into the house. And then have afternoon tea. We had lovely afternoon tea. The funny thing is, it isn't until you look at it, you realise that there was, was this huge divide between the very, very rich and the we-haven't-got-anything kind of brigade. Because when you go into these houses, and I think they've just cleared out the attic over at Althrop, uh, Diana's brother's place. Have they, indeed? Yeah, he's, he started clearing out because they need to raise some money because mm. his son is 16 and he wants him to inherit something. So they've embarked on a programme of uh, cleaning up, and I think they're going to raise between 20 and 30 million pounds for some of the stuff they found in the attic. Incredible. Some, of the, some of the coaches that the, uh, that the Spencer family used to use in London with the horses, they're up for sale. Oh, yeah, and, of course, and of course, they've all, they all had houses in London yes. as well. Yes. They're the country, you see, and a house in London. Yeah, it was Zion you know, House down the road from me, Duke of Northumberland, and they had a big place in London. And the Duke of Devonshire had one in Piccadilly, which is no longer there. It was, it was, yes, it was pulled down. Torn down. Wasn't it? Yes. But that would have been one of those mansions. Yes. You know, when you and I have been out for our days out and we've seen those mansions along yeah. Piccadilly. Well, the best they would ones have been as well. There. In fact, the, the, the best place to still see some of the mansions is Park Lane. There's about two or three of the mansions still surviving to this day. One came up a while ago for about 30 million. And it was, you can see the in and outs and you can see what it would have been. It would have been, you mm-hmm. know, London was very gay then. I mean, that's sure. in the old sense. In the old sense, yes. yes. I mean, they, 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 were a lot, they, they used to drink and gamble a lot. Yes. And it's quite debauched in parts. So, of course, the war ca- all the wars at the, bit, the beginning of uh, the last century, the wars came. These big houses were turned into schools or hospitals, mm. and they were boarded up. And then, in fact, when we walk around, we're saying, you know, why they were never bombed? Because they were so dark, and they were all blacked out. That nobody could see them, and they, wouldn't, they really wanted to hit the cities. Yes. And, of course, where I am at the moment, the Coventry has got a famous cathedral which was hit during the yes. war and destroyed, and the, the, the bombing that went on around here. But later on today, we're going to go to um, William Shakespeare country and go into Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, lovely. That will be full of tourists. That will be full of tourists. It was his birthday last week, and he was born, and he died on the same day. Not literally the same day. I was going to say, about Solomon Grundy, born on Monday, died on Tuesday, buried on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) What a busy week he had. What a busy week. Actually, I I like that. I think you can go into Anne Hathaway's cottage as well. Yes, you can. That's a little bit outside of the town. And I think, if I remember rightly, William Shakespeare's father was uh, a leather maker. He made leather gloves and and leather things, and, and they lived above the shop. And I think you get a sprig of rosemary on his birthday if you visit the house. Well, it's a bit late now because rosemary will be all dead and they'll have used it in all the lamb that we do. But um, this time um, I'm going to definitely go and see because his sister married very well. His sister married a doctor. Right. And he all, of course, he eventually left and you went to London. You a guidebook this morning or something. I know. <laughs> I think it's, I'm not, isn't that, you see, you, you don't know really what goes on in my head, do you? No, no, but best not. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's only Friday. <laughs> it's only Friday. So you're going to go and do Stratford later and have some <laughs> have some lunch out. Lunch in Stratford, yeah. and then home. I think. Nice. We're going back. See, to I, I wish more and more people. I mean, I know it's lovely to go abroad for the sunshine, but to be honest, we've got so many great places to see in London. Outside, you know, people just don't go outside. Like you can do coach trips everywhere. You I've, I've done trip. a few. T- as you know, I've sometimes on a Saturday come into town and just got the boat from Charing Cross Pier down to Greenwich. Got off and had a walk around. We've done it with the with the Godchildren, and they love things like that because nobody does it. It's all full of tourists. Tourists come in and see more than we do. They see much more than we do. Yeah. And and people, you know, it was so, it's so easy just to think, oh, we jump on a plane and go to Spain. Yes. Whereas you could just come to Derbyshire or or somewhere in England because we. It, it's where all our culture is, everything that happens in the country. And you forget that it is so incredibly beautiful. Mm. Oh, I mean, I'm it... always reading books. I, I always wanted to go to this place where, and it's up north somewhere, it might be in Yorkshire, it'll come back to me later, and the guy who owned the big house was so fearful of his servants seeing him that he had a series of tunnels dug underneath the house so that he could get in his carriage. They were big enough to take a carriage. Mm. He could get in the carriage under the house and go all the way down these long tunnels and emerge at the end of his property so nobody saw him coming and going. And the tunnels are still there. They still exist. If you go onto the internet and type in tunnels, big house, coach, you'll see, because somebody went up there and took pictures through the, the closed doors, and you can still see where the, where the tunnels emerge. That's the kind of stuff I love. That's very interesting. Yeah, I can love that. Now, what would you have done before the internet when you had to go down to the library? Well, I've no idea. You'd go and buy a book. I've, I've got go a book, buy a book. Quite we- weeks ago called The Lost Mansions of Mayfair, and it's got all the pictures of the mansions, and then what they looked like when they started pulling them down, and you think, the families just used to board them up because they cost too much to keep, but they had all the beautiful staircases in. It's only mm. Russian oligarchs mm. and people like that who can afford these things. Anyway, yeah. I've got to go. Oh, thank you. I've got to go, too. I've got to go back to bed. Oh, are you, are you right. You're going back to bed, are you? And we're not in a four-poster room, though, this time. I think, I think best, actually. Well, listen, in, enjoy Stratford. Thank you. And uh, br- br- bring us back a guidebook of Stratford or something. I will. I'll bring you back something. And I've got to say happy birthday to Auntie Laureen, who's her birthday tomorrow, actually. Excellent. So, have a lovely day. All and, right, John. Uh, I'll see you next week. Look forward to seeing you next week. Bye Take care. Bye. Bye. There's John Warrington. So he's off to Stratford. So chats. With, if we've encouraged you to do something over this weekend, then we have achieved our objective. LBC 97.3. I want to look... 26 minutes to seven. Alex says, one winner in three seconds would have been a good week if your name is Sam. But it might be time for him to turn. Well, I'd have taken it. Yeah. Yesterday, you'd have had a 10p profit if you'd gone each way. Oh, well. Because Victory Surge came in second. However, Alex's tangerine trees Mm. won. Of course it did. At six to one. Of course it did. Giving him a profit of 12 pounds. Oh, he had a profit of about three pounds yesterday. What happened there? Yeah. Well, he's he, been he, a big winner. He's now got £12, so his total profit is £15. Your total loss yeah. is £17.66. Oh, dear. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to take out a loan before long. It's, well, it, it is getting that bad. Even Tom in Canada says, you should remind Sam that horse sense means that a horse has more sense not to bet on people. Yeah, <laughs> I think he he's got to say hello one. to the lovely Amanda for me. Do you want to say hello to the lovely Amanda for him? I think there's him, a buddy relationship I? going between Tom in Canada and the lovely Amanda. Oh, sounds like A bit it. like pen pals, really. Really? Yeah, except she hasn't got a pen. <laughs> so there you go. I don't think you need a pen these days. That's what, uh, that's what email's for. Yes, well, you, you need winners. <laughs> don't I? So you'd, be, you'd be better off asking Mystic Meg to pick them for you. Well, uh, I've just seen her, actually, in the office, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He's still wearing those wigs, is he? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, today we're off to Fontwell, the 6.10, for Shakalaka Boom Boom. Oh, yeah, that one again. Yeah, we like Shakalaka we Boom. We do. No, I think we've had Boom Shakalaka. Oh, this is a different horse, Now we've it? had... This is a different horse. This is Shakalaka Boom Boom. They can't be, they can't be two horses, it, I'm sorry. I, th- it must I be think the they're running one. side by side. Oh, look, Shakalaka Boom Boom, Boom Boom Shakalaka. There he goes. OK, fine. <laughs> so, Shakalaka Boom Boom, win only. Now, yeah. have you decided? Well, the thing is, I don't know what the odds are. They haven't actually given me the odds, because I, I don't want to go each way if it's... Sam, it's not going to make the slightest difference. <laughs> I mean, believe you, but it's no good to start quibbling about the That's odds. Fair. Well, uh, I'll, I'll draw it out slightly, just to say there's a racing at Bangor, Doncaster, Fontwell, Lingfield and Musselburgh. Uh, we're going the 6.10 at Fontwell, Jet Nova, each way. Hey, there you go, each way. I told you, it makes sense. Well, even if, listen, even if it only gives you a small profit, it's better than nothing. Well, yeah, unless it, uh, well, okay, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. Well, if it comes in first, second, third, you might have some money. So it was called? Uh, Jet Nova, Fontwell, 610. Excellent. Sam, have a nice weekend. Speak to you soon. Are you working Monday? Are, we doing, are you doing Monday? Uh, I'm not Monday. I'm in, I'm in Saturday, actually. But, uh, oh, well, it's not much good to me. I'm well, not here Saturday. Oh, well, I'm here no, Sunday. Sure. And also, I'm not here Monday either. Uh, right. Because I'm being Nick Ferrari on Monday, between 7 and 10. Christo's doing this, and you know Christo. He, you know, what he knows about horse racing, you can write on a grain of sand. I expect he'd do better than me, to be he, fair. He probably would do better than you. Right, but, well, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday is then. Tuesday, so uh, give you more, more days to consider your fate. Or just uh, some reprieve. In fact. Yes, some sort of reprieve. All right, well, have a good weekend. Have Steve. a good weekend yourself. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. There you go, Sam Pittis. Stuart says, why did the Duchess have to move out of Chatsworth to make way for a son? Is it only a tiny house? Very small. I think it's only got something like 76 bedrooms. Very small. But you have to move out because the new family move in. And so she's moved to a smaller house on the estate. And uh, Martin says the Devonshires own most of Eastbourne. A lot of people telling me about Nelson Mandela House in Hackney. Well, I, I heard it was in East Acton. Because that's where they did a lot of filming. They did a lot of filming in East Acton. And they did a lot of filming in Bristol. But I was told that the block of flats is in East Acton. Either, either way, it makes no difference. No, no good turning up to to Peckham, discovering it, because it's not going to be there. Uh, Carl says, I live in Slough now, but used to work at Curry Motors in Twickenham for 13 years, and I really like Twickenham. But you do get a whiff of the sewage works near the stadium. Yes, that's called Mogden. And, of course, you were on that little roundabout. We don't actually class that as Twickenham. We class that as you're in Witten. Okay, and that's near the stadium and very near Mogden, where in the summer, when the wind blows in the wrong direction, poo! He said, much better, the whiff of Mars, much nicer. Uh, see, we have a caravan on the south coast. When we drive there at weekends, beautiful countryside and villages through Petworth, Midhurst and Hazelmere, which is good. And Tricia says, my auntie got evacuated to Chatsworth from Manchester during the war. Yeah, loads of people got evacuated and, uh, and did very well. Uh, Dee says, I don't deep fry on the subject of the chicken Kiev. She says, the only thing I fry is an egg every so often. Maybe I should get a halogen oven. Are they easy to use and safe? Well, it's instant heat. So, and it's, it's lights. They're halogen lights and they're very hot. I mean, as long as you're not silly with it, but it might be a bit difficult because you've got to lift the lid up. They do make them now with a hinged lid, but uh, I don't think you can fry an egg in it. I've never heard of frying. You can probably do scrambled egg and stuff like that. So, uh, but good. Steve, the flat's used for the opening credits of Any Fools, South Acton. OK, well, the one thing we can be certain of this morning is the how low. Finishes in 21 minutes' time, and it's a special Steve Allen. It's a 32-inch Samsung LCD television. Huge, huge prize for you today. Slim, sleek black design. Look great in your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, anywhere else you fancy it. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. I'll bring the hammer down in 20 minutes' time at 7 o'clock this morning to play. You text LBC 
Follow by your bid in pence and send it to treble eight two one. So to bid one pound fourteen, you text LBC one one four and send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid uh, two pound eighteen, you text LBC two one eight. If you only want to bid, say six pence, you text LBC six and send it to treble eight. Competition ends at 7am this morning. You must be over 16. Don't cheat. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Come on, it's going to hot up now, I think. Uh, This is packed full of features, HD ready, and it's got built-in digital tuner. So good luck. I've just noticed that uh, until the 29th of May, what are we in April now, uh, Jason Donovan is in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And then after that, it's Ben Richards. Ben Richards. Oh, yes, Ben Richards, who generally turns up in Loose Women and Colleen Nolan sort of dribbles all over him. But then she dribbles over most people, I'm afraid. Occupational hazard at, uh, at that age. Uh, Steve, we went to Chartwell last Saturday. Fascinating house, beautiful gardens, and you're reminded what a truly great man Winston was, says Richard. Yeah, I did a documentary on Chartwell. Uh, years ago, I did a whole load with David Burge, my producer, who went out because Chartwell is very near where his parents have got a farm down in, the neck, in that neck of the woods. Winston Churchill, of course, had no money. And Chartwell was bought for him by his friends. And they've still got an old cigar, and I talked to the gardener, and it's got the bit where he sat by the pond. It's all a lot smaller than you imagine. The house is quite nice. But I did a whole series of documentaries on great houses, uh, and it was called A Place in the Country, which was lovely. Even one of our listeners composed the music for it. We had an actual theme tune for A Place in the Country. I I don't know where they are. I don't think they exist anymore, unless people recorded them at the time. I think is, is probably unlikely because people didn't think about that. It's like television programs, I suppose. You never thought about recording things. But I've still got a video. I've still got videos. I don't know why I've got them because they're a total waste of time, aren't they? I see that Nick Clegg was uh, confronted by an angry student who attacked Liberal Democrat plans for jobless youngsters. Uh, this uh, angry student was 26. Are they just getting older students now? 26. They've got a picture of Mayor Black here. Uh, who said of the proposals to give youngsters 90 days of work experience, it's a glorified piece of paper, that's all it is. Well, I have to tell you, uh, Mayor, that work experience leads most people on to employment. If you're any good, uh, then a lot of companies, they go, we've, we've got somebody in a work experience, we have people here at Global, and if somebody's good, then they will bend over backwards to find work for them. If you're no good, dear, you don't get the job. So as far as I'm concerned... 90 days of work experience is fantastic. And if you don't understand that, you shouldn't even be a student because more people have joined LBC through doing work experience. And uh, even even my producer here, God bless her, uh, also arrived... She didn't do work experience here, but she's done work experience in the past. I mean, to stand up and say that, you know, it's just a worthless piece of paper just shows gross stupidity. Because work experience... I've always said, going back 20, 30 years, somebody said, how do you actually get a job at LBC? And I've said before, it depends what you want to do. As presenting, it's a bit more difficult. You know, you can't just walk in and we don't advertise. You'll notice, you'll never see an advert for presenters on LBC. You know, LBC are looking for speech. It doesn't happen like that. It'll come as, you know, we, we're looking for sort of different, different sort of people. But if you want to join as a producer, you'd write in and say, I'm on a related course. You'd write in and they have a scheme. And, uh, and you will come in and you'll do work experience. And you'll learn about the business and it's good for you. And we, we've taken lots of people on. We were doing it years ago. I've always said, if you can afford to do work experience with a company, they could just writing into anybody, thinking, oh, I fancy being you know, a road sweeper for the day. I'll offer myself as that. But if, you, if it's a company like this or a bank, you write and you target and you find out who the person is you're supposed to, not dear sir or madam, that's a waste of time. The idea is sell yourself as a package 
and make yourself as interesting as possible. Say, listen, I've been listening to LBC for years. I'd love to work on the station. and that. But for a student to say it's a worthless piece of paper, probably goes to prove why at 26 she's still a student. Because otherwise you'd be out there sort of getting yourself ready. I was working at 15. Much to my deep embarrassment. <laughs> Much to my deep embarrassment. But Ed Mike doesn't matter, does it? Everybody loves doing things like that. Uh, more in the paper today. Uh, J-Lo says, I'm no diva. Did we th- I thought we always thought... She's just confessed she's got a bottom double in her latest film. A bottom double. Is it hardly worth anybody turning up for films nowadays? Very strange. But uh, she says, I'm not a diva. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a very hard worker. Well, I, I probably is. Probably is. Uh, babies who are taught to swim outperform their peers later in life. They've actually checked on people who swam as babies and people who didn't swim. And it turns out that the, the ones who swim did very well. Did you swim as a baby? Hmm. Troubles you kept resurfacing, didn't you? Every time you, she bobbed up to the surface, a parent of holding her under the water again, and then she bobbed up again. <laughs> Those bricks. <laughs> they put her in the sack with the brick and everything else. <laughs> but still she emerged. Actually, a lot, they always say a lot of women who give birth in the, the water birthing, the children, I always think, my God, if you're a baby, you swallow a mouthful of water. But for some reason, they don't. I've seen pictures of babies swimming. And, and you think, it looks quite good. I mean, even as a young shim, I, I myself... It was a bit like an elephant in the water, you know, straight down to the bottom, stayed there. Uh, but I was, I was, I was like a gazelle, you know, swim underwater, crawl, backstroke, la la, you know, synchronised. I did the whole lot. The only thing I can't do is dive. I cannot dive for love nor money. The I, and I hate being pushed in. So if it, that's why I will not go to public pools. There's always going to be somebody. Oh look, push him in. Very funny. No, not funny as far as I'm concerned. I sit on the edge and I dangle my feet in the water, and then you go. It's a bit cold, isn't it? I mean, yesterday, the, the, the temperature turned and it went a little bit chilly. And then I like to get in gracefully. I like to go down the steps at the end and just get a little bit, and then I stand up, and then I go in. And then eventually, <laughs> once you're in, it's all right. But, I mean, I'm not going to do it straight away. So if anybody pushes me, I mean, I get really quite... I go, I'm really quite cross. I'm like that. I can, I can lose... I'm snap like that. You know, I'm really cross now, I say to them. They push me in. Quarter to seven... <laughs> With the news headlines, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Instant polls after last night's leaders' debate suggest... Con- <sighs> I've often said if I live to be 40 on this programme, I'll never do another marathon. I just find them too exhausting. Also, can't fit... I don't look good in shorts. I explained this the other day. Shorts and speedos, not my kind of thing. Isn't it funny that years ago, you'd open up the papers and you'd have stories of, you know, page three girls or girls who'd slept with footballers and things like that. No, no, today... You have an underage hooker telling how a football superstar spent thousands to bet her. She was jetted in as his prize. Her name is uh, Zahia Dehar and proudly displays herself as a hooker. I mean, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it does look rough. There's no doubt about it. If you were paying for it, you would, you would probably have to pay. But my favourite story of the day is uh, Jamie Aspland, who's a little blind boy. And uh, he's only four years old and he's able to guide himself around by sounding high-pitched clicks that rebound off surfaces and stop him from bumping into obstacles. And he, he does it a bit like a dolphin. You know when dolphins send out these sort of things. And, um... All right. And, um, and so he does it. And the therapy says his mum, who's Mrs Aspland, has, has changed his life. He can walk unaided to the park for the first time. He got this treatment, which was pioneering in America. And he goes around, he clicks. And he can hear the, the echo coming back. And he works out where he is. What a clever little boy. Steve, says Rob, you're always so nasty to a man. To be nice to her, one day she might be very important. <laughs> if only that were true. If only that were true. Sadly not. Uh, Brian says, Iris and I had a coach trip around the Cotswolds on Tuesday. 
another lovely part of the country. I'm sure that Brian and Iris live in this total fantasy world where they go onto the internet and do, do a reality tour. <laughs> be nice to Amanda. One day she might be important. <laughs> Did you read this, Amanda? Is it funny? He says, he, she might be important one day. I don't think there's enough years left in my life, ladies and gentlemen, to wait that long. <laughs> Have you watched Hidden Houses in Wales? Very interesting. No. Ooh, I couldn't, couldn't wait to see that. Hidden houses. Uh, Nelson Mandela House in Hackney is a two-storey sheltered accommodation, says Roz. Thank you. Do you know, they started a new thing in Marks and Spencers yesterday. They've got a couple of trainees, and they make them wear badges saying, trainee. And we've had it before, but this time it was a, a gentleman who looked as though he was older than me. And he said, uh, hello. And I go, I'll have a 9p bag, please. How's your day going? It's fine. You're just starting or just finishing? I thought, what is this? Why do they ask you questions? We don't do it very well in this country. I go, no, just starting. I thought, I'm not going to go down that route. Why do people ask us things like that? They do it in TGI Fridays. Hello, how are you? Very well. I was, well, I, I don't say that. I know, well, it's been a hell of a day today. Started when I got up, you know, and I had to take my insulin, I did this. And I, and they, you know, by the time you've sort of done half an hour on your medication, they've given up and lost the will to live. Uh, Steve, the blue lamp is on today. A must-see on Dave, says Cheryl. It's a good film. I've got it on DVD. Very, very good. Jack Warner. Excellent. And it's Lynn who says, while queuing at the counter at Mark's, I glanced at the magazine wreck. I've come to realise that OK and Hello magazines keep the same headlines, just change the photos. You see, I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was the other way around. Same photos, just change the headlines. And Andrew, he says, I have a lovely friend, editorially thrilling Octane Motor Magazine. He's doing something amazing. He's racing the Orient Express train, left yesterday across Europe to Venice in a blue D-type Jaguar. Just texted me from the Swiss Alps in the driving rain. The train gets to Venice at six this evening. They must beat it. All can be witnessed live on the Octane website. Wish them well. So there you go. The Octane, it's a motor car magazine, racing the Orient Express. How lovely. I love that film, Murder on the Orient Express. I just thought it was so good. Just, just very, very clever. I love stuff like that. You've got uh, eight minutes. Thank you, Andrew, for telling us about that. Eight minutes left to have a go at the How Low for the Samsung 32-inch television. Sleek and black in your sitting room will look absolutely lovely. You'll get it for pennies. You'll get it for pennies. The other thing... Do you tell you what we haven't done on the How Low? We've never done a toaster, have we? No, we haven't. I don't remember in all my days ever doing a toaster. We've done computers. We've done phones. We've done a bicycle. I don't think people want to buy it. Nobody wants to be reminded they're not fit. And frankly, I mean, I remember being sent um, a bull worker once. You remember bull workers? Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do it. And it was spray. And, oh, dear, it was exhausting. That kind of stuff. So today, a television, because we all want television. You always want a television. A 32-inch is actually quite a good size. Now I've got a 21-inch new computer, which I'm loving, incidentally. I didn't think I'd actually get to... Gr- I haven't quite worked out how to type invoices, so I'm a bit lax in that department. So unfortunately, this month, that's all I use. My I only type invoices up. I'm a very busy person. Can't help it. And so I, I sort of I typed me in, but I haven't worked that bit out yet. It has been explained to me, but I haven't quite got it in my head. So I did it on my last computer, and now I've disconnected that and I've got the new Apple. Uh, it's, I haven't quite got there yet, so I might, might have to go another month, I'm afraid. Uh, so, go for the television, please. Six minutes left, six and a half minutes to play. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one to bid one pound eighty six. You text LBC 186 and send it to 88821. This competition ends in six minutes' time, ladies and gentlemen. You must be over 16. Entries are limited. Cost £1.50 plus your uh, standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. 
I'll remind you just again before, just in case you uh, you sort of forget about it again. Uh, you were quite close, Steve, on um, on Nelson Mandela House. The Nelson Mandela House is, in fact, Harlick Tower, Park Road East, on the South Acton Estate. Off to work now, says Declan. So there you go. So I was, I was quite close, wasn't I? So it's Harlick Tower, Park Road East, on the South Acton Estate. I know exactly where it is, actually. I know exactly where it is. Oh, thank you for that. So now there should be no more arguments about where it is. Audley End House near Saffron Walden, says Pat. Also worth a visit. Superb Georgian stables, a working Victorian kitchen. Beautiful house and gardens. And they've got a miniature railway, which takes you through. How lovely. I like miniature railway. We did that down at a garden centre with uh, Nathan and Charlotte and Danielle ages ago. Must do it again. I love miniature railways. They're so good. Thank you for the photo as well. We'll send in a picture of her and the dogs off out for the walk. In the oh, lovely countryside. One of these days, I think I might own a farm. Uh, Steve, what a fascinating story about the blind boy. There you go. Terry and Loughton says, tell Amanda I love her. Oh, dear, honestly. Will you stop typing these things up to yourself? It's getting quite embarrassing. She does it for birthdays. She writes birthday cards to herself and does them in different hands. So people kind of go, oh, you've done really well for birthday cards, haven't you, Amanda? She goes, have I? You know, like being all nonchalant. I say, yeah, all written in the same pen, I think. Steve, do you know your local MP and are you voting next week? I'm absolutely voting next week. I'm voting twice. I'm voting twice. I'm voting in the local elections and I'm voting in the main election. No excuse for not voting. No excuse for not. Everybody should vote. I still think we should give away a toaster, I think, one day on the How Low. Because some of these toasters are terribly expensive. There's one here. It's a Jewelit and it's £135 for a toaster. I know you can get the basic range, as the producer reminds me, in some of the supermarkets, around £6.50. But uh, this is, you know, which is probably just as good if you like white. But unfortunately, nothing white fits into my kitchen decor, which at the moment is just called dust. So, you know, I've got to find something that's grey and uninteresting. That's just about it for this morning. I'm back with you. Now, don't forget, Sunday morning, Debbie Reynolds, between 6 and 7. Then the uh, Sunday breakfast show. And then the Debbie Reynolds uh, in conversation is repeated at 9 o'clock at nine o'clock on Sunday evening. Monday morning, I'm here for Nick Ferrari between seven and ten. Christo's going to be here in the early part of the programme between five and seven. And don't forget, Nick is on his battle bus this morning. He's down in Richmond. As far as I know, he's next to Tesco, so he's in that little tiny lay-by right in the middle of of Richmond High Street. Uh, Paper reviewer this morning is David Hall, and he's got all the MPs in as well. So if you're down in that, you can go down and have a look at the LBC battle bus. I might go past it myself a little bit later on. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast from as little as £2 a month, you can download this programme and everything else on LBC. It's amazing value. You've got to sign up for six months. If you pay, pay by monthly, it's, uh, it's not as cost-effective. So sign up for six months, which is the maximum. You get it for £12, which is £2 a month. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of quality programming. I'm back with you on Sunday. Have a nice bank holiday Friday. Nick's with you after seven. First of all, this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 31 points.